Saints fans, Pelicans fans, let's go. This is the Black and Blue Report. Black. Bree is going to go deep. He's got ground. Touchdown. Blue. Down the lane. Shoots. No. Tip follow in for Davis with three tenths of a second left. Welcome into the podcast for the fans, straight from the teams they love. It's good to see you guys, and uh, I didn't know we had Studio B here in our facility. Good setup. Now that I know where your guys' little office is, I can pop in here whenever I want. Well, we're playing through AD, and so everybody's going to have to adjust to that. Coaches, players, analysts, celebrities, and more. That guy's Anthony Mackie. I've gotten in many of our arguments about the Pelicans and the Saints uh, over the years. Harry County Jr. joins us here on the Black and Blue Report. Undoubtedly, to me, the Saints are the singular reason that New Orleans is back on the map. Hoda Kotb from the Today Show on NBC, our guest. You know, New Orleans gets in your blood. The Saints never leave it once they get in there. This is the Black and Blue Report, straight from the source. No appointment radio. Wherever, whenever. Now, from Studio B, or from wherever the Saints or Pelicans might be, here's Sean Kelly. How goes it? And welcome to a game day edition of the Black and Blue Report, the podcast for Saints and Pelicans fans. Greetings from Studio B on Airline Drive today. I'm Sean Kelly. Glad to be with you before... I head out to Charlotte where the Saints will play the Carolina Panthers tonight and looking for first place in a 500 record here in late October. Well, hi again, everybody. Beautiful weather outside. The cool front has come through, and uh, we're all set to go in the Gulf South for hopefully a big night uh, watching Saints football and uh, hopefully seeing our team uh, move past the Carolina Panthers in the NFC South standings. The uh, team traveled yesterday, got into Charlotte safely, late yesterday afternoon, and they are preparing for kickoff tonight, which will be shown locally on Channel 4 in New Orleans and otherwise on the NFL Network. We're going to get you ready for the game tonight with the two guys that will be calling it on the radio for their respective teams. Jim Henderson is with us, the voice of the Saints, and Mick Mixon, the voice of the Carolina Panthers, also alongside today as we do our visit with the voices. We do that every Thursday, just happens to be also this Thursday as a Game day. The Pelicans are back on the practice floor again today. They also practiced yesterday. All this in preparation for a home game on Saturday night against the Dallas Mavericks. Still a limited amount of tickets available for that basketball game on Saturday at the Smoothie King Center. You can call 504-525-HOOP. Remember, that's a 6 p.m. tip-off on Saturday night at home this year. Uh, There will also be a giveaway on Saturday. That will be our second in a row. Uh, this time, Fox Sports New Orleans is handing out the uh, 2014-15 schedule magnet. Always a popular giveaway, and it's yours on Saturday night. We'll check in with the Pelicans at their practice facility here shortly. But coming up in just a moment, Mick Mixon of the Carolina Panthers and Jim Henderson of the New Orleans Saints. Oh, and congratulations, by the way, to the San Francisco Giants, winners of Game 7 last night, taking the World Series over the Kansas City Royals. And it'll be a long, long time before we see another pitching performance like we saw from Madison Bumgarner here in this postseason. Big-time stuff. Full slate of games in the NBA last night as well. It was hard to uh, put the remote down, to say the least. All right, so we'll uh, get you started here with the voice of the Saints, Jim Henderson, here on the Black and Blue Report in just a moment. 
The New Orleans Pelicans are taking flight, and you don't want to miss any of the action. The Pelicans' five-game flex plan presented by Domino's is the opportunity to pick the games right for you. Ticket plans are the only way to guarantee seats to the biggest games, including the matchup against LeBron James and the Cleveland Cavaliers. Plus, each plan comes with a free Domino's pizza. Five-game packages start as low as $45. Call 525-HOOP or visit pelicans.com to score your five-game plan today. Let's get the ball rolling for a thrilling time at the Sanderson Farms Championship PGA Golf Tournament, November 3rd through 9th at the Country Club of Jackson. For lots of first-class golf and fan-pleasing fun, join us for the Sanderson Farms Championship. It'll be quite a ride, unless you're chicken. For ticket information, visit www.sandersonfarmschampionship.com. We're talking Saints football on the Black and Blue Report. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report here on this Thursday. Later on tonight, obviously, it's a big matchup between the Saints and the Carolina Panthers with regards to the lead for the NFC South. And that makes Thursday night football all the more interesting those for those of us here in the Gulf South. And ready to make the call tonight, Jim Henderson. He joins us here on Thursday as our, excuse me, yeah, Thursday, as we do our normal visit with the voices. I'm all tied up here, Jim. I, Thursday is usually our get-ready day with you. Uh, it's not only get-ready day, but it's also play day for the Saints. Yeah, it really messes you up, doesn't it, having Thursday night games, especially after coming one uh, one at home on a Sunday night. Uh, people are asking us this week, has any other team in the NFL had this schedule? And Denver uh, was played on a, a Sunday and then a Thursday night game, but they were both at home. So the, the challenge for the Saints is to uh, play that late game on Sunday, which no one has had to do, and then again travel on Thursday as they will to Carolina, but uh, that's just the way the schedule maker has it. And to Sean Payton's credit, uh, he didn't offer any excuses for how his team would play under these conditions, and I think that's wise. I remember back in 2005 in the Katrina year uh, when no one really could have won, but Jim Haslett made a big uh, deal out of the Saints losing a home game because obviously they had no home at that time to go up to New York and play the Giants and lose and I think you just give your team an excuse for losing then and, and Sean Payton certainly hasn't blamed the schedule maker for uh, the difficulties the Saints will have this week they'll be ready to play yeah absolutely and it also helps that you win in the way that you did on Sunday night against the Packers in your mental preparation for this Thursday night game yeah I think so and uh, you look at some of the statistics, and we're looking at them now, it's it's difficult for road teams to win on Thursday night, and usually those games have not been close. So um, those things go into the preparation for this week, but certainly the Saints will have a rallying cry, and that's to finally win on the road after seven straight losses. No doubt. Hey, on Sunday night, uh, obviously you were probably already thinking about the, the, the quick turnaround and all that, but, but what was in your mind in the car on the way home after after watching what the Saints did to the Packers on Sunday night? Totally, totally surprised. I never thought the Saints would win that game. And uh, to win it in that impressive a fashion, uh, I was very much impressed because they did the things they hadn't done as a team all year long. And you'd like to think they finally put it together. And um, it's a week-to-week game. We'll find out this week. But I was totally impressed. I never expected them to take apart the, the Panthers in that way, or the Packers in that way. So it, it, I don't know how to phrase this, phrase this really, but – you know, if the Saints were to lay an egg on the road to Carolina tonight, does that discount everything that we saw this past Sunday? I think so. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and people get on and off your bandwagon, and that includes the media as well. And if they were to play and lose a, a tight game or to get blown out by the Panthers, people would have the same complaints they had prior to the Packer game. But, um, boy, you had to be impressed with the things that contributed to that. Drew Brees was spectacular through the entire game, but particularly in the second half. The, the way they were able to, to stretch the field with Brandon Cooks finally, assuming the role that many people thought he would have with this football team, the way Mark Ingram ran for 172 yards, the way the offensive line for the most part protected Drew and gave him a clean pocket, the way they opened holes for Mark Ingram. I mean, it was also very impressive and uh, leads you to believe that better things are in store in the second half of the season, which begins after this week. So here now the Panthers at 3-4-1, and one, and this has been a real struggle for a Carolina team that is so much different than what we saw late last season. Jim, what are your, what are your thoughts here on the Panthers, you know, and, and whether it's at home or on the road, but maybe just in general is what the Carolina brings to the table? Well, they're a vastly different team than they were a year ago, particularly amongst their wide receivers. I don't think they have a single wide receiver back from a year ago, and uh, that's totally retooled right now with the likes of Jericho Cotri and Jason Avant. Calvin Benjamin has been the big story for them, their first-round draft choice. Uh, I think they'll be bolstered in their running game because they've got a healthy Jonathan Stewart, and now D'Angelo Williams returns to the team after recovering from a high ankle sprain. And, boy, he's had some big games against the Saints. Looking back to last year, that final game of the regular season, the 43-yard touchdown run that he had on first and 10 in the second quarter last year was huge. And uh, he brings a lot to the table defensively. Um, they're a little bit unsettled on the back end. Roman Harpo will be playing at safety. Thomas Deku, the free safety, uh, left the game against Seattle last week with a hamstring injury. It's, it remains to be seen how uh, ready he'll be for this game. They're pretty much retooled on the corners as well. But uh, I think the main thing the Panthers are concerned with is the health of their offensive line. Uh, it was pretty much a patchwork offense. Uh, offensive line last week against Seattle, and in the course of it, they lost a couple of players. And at the end of the game, they were playing with Ryan Khalil, who was a draft choice, second-round draft choice in 2007. But both tackles and both guards were undrafted free agents. So if they're hurting up there this week, um, that certainly perhaps uh, augurs well for the Saints. Absolutely. We love the tone of that. Um, you know, Rob Ryan last weekend had that Saints defense prepared for a throwing threat in Aaron Rodgers, and certainly they paid attention to the running attack um, anchored by Eddie Lacy. When you look at a quarterback like Cam Newton, how does the conversation change now with regard to what the Saints defense has to do tonight? Well, he's been their second leading ball carrier for the most part. He had 50 carries um, through the first eight games of this season. And that's second on the team to Jonathan Stewart's 58. So you always have to be aware of him as a running threat in the read option attack. He's awfully difficult to bring down uh, individually. You've, you've got to swarm him, and even then it's oftentimes not enough. You've got two or three would-be defenders on him uh, to bring him down. So he can extend plays with both his feet. He's got a huge cannon of an arm. So he's a he's a very unique threat and a unique quarterback to, to, um, to take down and, and to play against. So... It's a different kind of attack. Before you know, I watched that game last week against Seattle, and he totally melted down on the last drive. He uh, was sacked on successive plays. And then Mike Shuler, the offensive coordinator, is getting a lot of criticism in Carolina for his conservative play calling, especially in the red zone. But last week against Seattle, on what was the final play of the game, fourth and 25, he calls a screen pass, and Cam Newton bounces it in front of the receiver. So... um it's, it's not an offense 
that for the most most part scares you tremendously, but they uh, do have some unique properties to it. And another thing I think was interesting, too, I'm reading some of the stuff out of Carolina today, and they had a big extensive article with Kelvin Benjamin, and he said in the course of that article that he purposely ran slowly at the combine so he would fall to the Panthers as the 28th selection in the first round. I thought that was kind of curious. Yeah, I'd say that's an awfully risky or presumptuous move on his part that he could manipulate where he would end up in the NFL draft. That that, that's a, that does sound like a young person's way of looking at things, that's for sure. And, you know, he was benched at the beginning of the game against Seattle because apparently he had missed a, a meeting or was late for a meeting the night before. And Ron Rivera said that he was going to show him that uh, he's just as accountable as everybody else. And so he got the message after missing a few plays and returned to the game, though he dropped a touchdown pass in that game in which the Panthers didn't score a touchdown. So he's uh, he's unique at 6'5 and 240. He's a difficult matchup to contain, and he's more than just a possession receiver. He's caught a 51-yard pass, in fact, did so against Seattle. So that'll be interesting to watch him. And, you know, conversely, Brandon Cooks had such a huge game last week against the Packers, and he ran a 4-3-3 at the 40 as the fastest wide receiver. And Ron Rivera was asked this week uh, how he would compare Cooks and Benjamin, and he said, well, we liked them both, but he wouldn't tell you which he liked better <laughs> because he had to settle for Kelvin Benjamin. That could be an excellent pick before it's all over, too. He had a great September. be fun to watch him and those two uh, tonight, certainly. And, uh, you know, Jim, it's, it would be easy to sit here and pour a bunch of cold water all over the NFC South, and probably rightfully so. But the bottom line is um, you're calling a game tonight for first place in the division, and I'm not so sure in the last couple of weeks whether or not Saints fans thought they could be in a position to do this. Well, that's true. I mean, when the Saints got off to such a bad start, you continue to look at the scoreboard and you say, well, well Carolina – uh, had a difficult time, and they lost, and Tampa Bay has pretty much dropped out of things, and, and now Atlanta has lost, what, six in a row, I believe. So, um, yeah, uh, it, uh, the the key is to win your division and get that home field advantage at least through the first game, and because um, everybody recognizes what a huge advantage that is for the Saints. So it doesn't matter what your record is to get that first home game. You just have to win your division, and this would be a huge step in that direction. Do the Saints end their road losing streak tonight at Carolina? You know, I really think they do. I really think they do. I, I told Sean Fazan we do a, a hit on Fox 8 prior to the game, and uh, he had mentioned uh, prior to our last trip to Detroit that I'm, I'm not going to pick the, um, the Saints again until they win on the road, and I pretty much echoed those thoughts. But it's hard to discount what they did against the Packers after the Packers had taken apart the Panthers the week before. So, yeah, I'm going to pick them. And, uh, I may regret that, but I'm going to pick him to win this one. And the professional of me would want to wrap up on that note, but of course I'm not that professional, so I will ask you your thoughts on the vinegar-based barbecue that we'll find in Carolina here today. You know, I've never really done the barbecue thing in Carolina, but I understand they serve that in the uh, visiting uh, or in the home team radio booth, and I've got to be on there with them. They promised me my usual fee when I come on with them, and that's some bad barbecue. So I'll probably be sampling it, but we'll do other things uh, Thursday, uh, Wednesday night in Carolina. Fair enough. Uh, speaking of the uh, home radio booth in Charlotte tonight, our visit with the voices here on Thursday continues in just a moment with Mick Mix and the uh, voice of the Carolina Panthers. Hey, Jim, have a great call tonight, and uh, hopefully I, I hope you're right. I hope the Saints... Um, snap that road losing streak in between the win on Sunday against Green Bay and the Pelicans win on Tuesday night. We keep this week just perfect here for New Orleans sports teams. That would be wonderful. Thanks a lot, Sean. 
Jim, thank you. Jim Henderson, voice of the Saints with us here on the Black and Blue Report. Back in a moment. Game on with NFL Ticket Exchange, the only official ticket exchange of the NFL, where 100% of tickets are verified by Ticketmaster. Buy and sell the NFL-approved way. Visit NFLTicketExchange.com. Together, we make football. Lotto is all across Louisiana with cash jackpots starting at $250,000. That's a whole lot of cash. From the neon lights of Shreveport, Bossier City, to the banks of Grand Isle, Lotto is your game. It doesn't leave the state, and there's nothing like it anywhere else. It's Louisiana fun just for Louisiana. Lotto, it's a whole lot of cash. Must be at least 21 to purchase. Don't miss country music star Charlie Pride at Beau Rivage on Friday, November 7th. Share a unique musical journey and a night of hits with the amazing Charlie Pride. Visit BeauRivage.com for tickets. It's Saints game day. This is the Black and Blue Report. Our visit with the voices here on this Thursday continues with the uh, home radio booth for tonight's uh, football game between the Panthers and the Saints, and that's Mick Mixon who makes his return to the Black and Blue Report. Mick, how are you? Things going okay? No, it's not going any good at all. Um, wish it was going as good as it probably is for Henderson. He had a great game to call the other <laughs> night against Green Bay. We, uh, and I'm sure he did a great job with it. We didn't do anything against Green Bay. The Panthers offered very little resistance at Green Bay and just got tattooed in that game. So the only the only hope uh, I think the Panthers have in this game is that in, in the NFL this year, A squared plus B squared doesn't always equal C squared, if you know what I mean. Yeah, no, I think that's uh, I think that's the perfect way to put it with regard to how things not only gone to the NFC South, but really in a lot of different pockets around the NFL. And you're right, Henderson was pleased about Sunday night, um, but at the same time, Jim, or Mick, he was Jim was surprised at the way the Saints played against Green Bay. And I'm curious as to whether you're surprised that Carolina finds themselves here at three, four, and one. I think globally. It's, it's not that bad of a worksheet if you had said, you know, one of those proverbial hypotheticals, which I hate, but I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm starting it, so I guess I need to finish it. Um, but if you would have said in August, uh, with the schedule being as bloody as it is in October, you can be, you know, you can be that close to 500 with the Saints coming in. You know, you might, you might have done that deal. But then when you factor in the, how, just how decisive the losses, three of the losses have been, Panthers were gashed. The run defense was just creased against Baltimore, Pittsburgh the same way, and then Green Bay just sliced and diced and chopped and pureed and whatever they wanted to do. Panthers just not used to being uh, just out of games early like that and not competitive defensively. So the feel of it is is that it's been forever since Carolina's won a game. The feeling of it is is that the Panthers, Sean, desperately need this game. I mean, this has got tipping point game for the Carolina Panthers just stamped all over it in, in Sharpie ink. But, Mick, with the way things have played out in the division and in some cases, as we mentioned, across the league, it, it seems hard for me to sit there and say that one game, one one loss to the Saints tonight, if you will, is a tipping point or, or completely ends things for them because I'm sure the Saints felt in the last couple of weeks here that, well, man, there's really probably never – there's no shot we can win this division, and here they are playing Carolina for first place tonight. Yeah, I know, but just look at what surrounds the Saints. I mean, the Saints are getting ready to play a cluster of home games after this road trip tonight. 
We all know how good New Orleans is in the Superdome, even though there's going to be tough teams coming in. Plus, the Saints look like they figured something out. I mean, that's just the way it looks to me from 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 here in the Carolinas. I mean, the the, the defensive planning, uh, how Rob Ryan's got that defense flying around. I know the Saints have been to heck and back defensively for the last couple of years, but it just looks like it's on the come. I mean, a t- uh, foot speed in the back half and linebackers that will come up and hit you and that 3-4 scheme that creates a lot of confusion. And then, you know, Drew Brees, uh, I'm, I mean, I'm, you don't need me to tell you about about the Saints' offense. So I think for the Pan- plus for, for the Panthers, Carolina's won four and one over the last six games. The tie at Cincinnati wasn't terrible, but uh, but the Panthers did miss a lot of opportunities. And Sean, Carolina's just not executing in the red zone. The Panthers are are doing okay between the twenties, but the red zone execution has been suboptimal. Yeah, um, and that's how the Saints took care of uh, Green Bay in the first half. At least kept pace with them. Let me ask you this: Does D'Angelo D'Angelo Williams return help them tomorrow or tonight? I should say. You would think so. Yeah, I mean, just just taking the first blush look at it. Yes, the only question would be, does he have any ring rust? I mean, can he come back? You know, on one side of the coin, he'll come back with 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 fresh legs and and ready to, to rock and sock. On the other side, though, will he be, you know, it's been a while since he's taken a lick. Will he be a little timid? Will it take him a while to get into the flow? How, how do you how, how do you think that matchup will go when the Saints defense is on the field against Cam Newton and the Panther offense? Well, you know, I, it's interesting, but but Williams at least gives you the one-two punch back in the running game. I mean, that that is of significance, I think. And 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 Mick, don't you think that Cam Newton still has what he has with regard to the, his ability to change plays? It's coming back, yeah. Some of that juice yeah. is coming back to him. He wasn't very mobile for for a while. I think he didn't trust his his surgically repaired ankle, and his ribs were still hurting him from the New England game. I don't care whether you're an insurance adjuster or an NFL quarterback. That cracked rib is about a five- to six-week injury. And so Newton is back now. He can fill his airways. He can do the things you take for granted, cough and laugh and stretch and do all those things. And, you know, we saw him do some Houdini-like plays with a little bit more foot speed, able to avoid people and prolong plays in the Panthers' narrow loss against Seattle last weekend. No doubt, and and I guess to to continue the the conversation about this particular aspect of the game, Mick, you know the 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 Saints defensive front versus this Carolina offensive front. I know there's an injury now this week to that group that really is. Um, I wouldn't say it's a, a heralded lineup there with what unrestricted free agents in four or five of those positions. Oh yeah, it's it's the. Uh, I mean, you know, you got to wear a name tag uh, around the O line meeting room just to figure out who you're talking to, new people coming in. Uh, Mike Hummer, Hammer coming in from the St. Louis Rams practice squad. Uh, we got backups to the backups that are having to play. And then not only that, but they're having to change sides of the of the center. I mean, it's one thing to have David Fuko playing tackle, who speaks broken English uh, from from the Canadian Football League. But when you got him having to, to move over to the right tackle position on one series of downs and then play left tackle on the other series of downs, it takes away a lot of the synchronicity that you need. I, I get. I, I almost feel like you're setting me up here, Mick. <laughs> uh, I think you're. You know, I, I, are you downplaying Carolina right now, or is are are you being unabashedly honest here? No, I'm just. I, I, I promise. I'm 56 years old. I just turned 56 in October. <laughs> uh, I, I, I'd love to be able to 
you know, I'd love, love to, to if the Panthers had pocket aces they were holding, and I, I'd love to be able to push a few chips out to the mid, the middle of the table. But I, I, I don't play games like that. I mean, it's just a, it's a Panther football team that still doesn't have a voice yet. We don't have an identity. We're the Frank Caliendo of, of the <laughs> NFC South. We're trying to figure out instead of trying to imitate uh, a football team, we're trying to figure out what our own voice is. The, the defensive effort was much better. The D-line play was much better against Seattle. For a while, it looked like our tackles had been enrolled in the Federal Witness Protection Program, but, uh, but they're back, and the, the, the upfield push was some better against Seattle. So if the Panthers can recapture some of that effort and intensity they, they had on defense, then the Carolina will have a chance in this game. Good stuff. Hey, by the way, tell me about this young Kel- Kelvin Benjamin. What should I know about him? He's an, he, he intrigues me. 6'5", catch radius for days, big old hands on him, just 10.5", 11-inch hands. Uh, he'll follow a, a dumb head play with a spectacular play. He's dropped a couple, but then he seems to have the knack of following a drop with an unbelievable catch. He, you know, he, he, he plays that, that high ball very, very well. That's what he's comfortable doing. And he gets open in the red zone. He knows how to use his, 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 his width and, and length to wall people off and make a, a good target. Plus, he, he, he didn't, you know, as a rookie, Sean, you don't know what you don't know. So he doesn't know that he's not supposed to sit in the seat, the, the row of two right next to Cam Newton on the team flights. But he just plunks down there right shoulder to shoulder with Cam like he's Cam's kid brother. And there he has stayed. So the two of them have, have, have got a, a, a little friendship thing going, which has been nice to see. That is pretty cool. You know, he was quoted on Wednesday as saying that he ran slower at the Combine so that he'd fall in the draft of the Carolina Panthers. You buying that? <laughs> That's pretty good. No, I'm not buying that at all, but we're happy. <laughs> However he got to us, we're definitely happy that he's a Panther. No doubt about it. Hey, let's wrap up with this. Think about the broadcast and, and how you want to open that broadcast to, uh, here against the Saints. What, what's the, is it a storyline that you want to hit right away? What's going to be your general feel there as you get ready to go? I don't know. Uh, I think I might tell everybody that the NFC South is long known for being a, a fast, unpredictable track with four abreast racing and, and wild finishes. Uh, but this year the division has been characterized by a multi-team pileups. And, you know, the Falcons are in the pits here at the halfway point smoking and leaking oil all over the place. And the Carolina Panthers are – are in the pole position, but the Saints are drafting them, looking for a place to get out and pass. And I think Carolina's just got to put the foot right through the through the floorboard and hope that there's enough horsepower there to, to, to take the checkered flag in this one. That's perfect, as I thought. You nailed it. Mick Mixon, voice of the Carolina Panthers, here with us on our visit with the Voices Thursday on the Black and Blue Report. Hey, enjoy the football game, Mick. We'll look forward to seeing you when you all come to New Orleans a little bit later in the season. Oh, my pleasure. Can't wait. Y'all keep in touch with me. Absolutely. Mick Mixon here on the Black and Blue Report. Linda, mother of two beautiful 13-year-old twins. While my son has brown hair and blue eyes, and my daughter has blonde with green eyes, they both share one identical DNA trait. I hate spinach. No one leaves the table until you finish your vegetables. Getting my kids to want to eat vegetables, that's my purpose. Blend it now. Try the new veggie blends at Smoothie King. It's the tastiest way to get your kids to love vegetables. Smoothie King. Smoothies with a purpose. 
Let's get the ball rolling for a thrilling time at the Sanderson Farms Championship PGA Golf Tournament, November 3rd through 9th at the Country Club of Jackson. For lots of first-class golf and fan-pleasing fun, join us for the Sanderson Farms Championship. It'll be quite a ride, unless you're chicken. For ticket information, visit www.sandersonfarmschampionship.com. This is Pelicans guard Drew Holiday, and you're listening to the Black and Blue Report. Let's turn our attention to basketball, where the Pelicans find themselves now 1-0 on this young season. They have a nice three-day stretch of practice before getting back to the game floor against the Dallas Mavericks on Saturday night. Daniel Salerson has a report as to what the Pelicans are up to in preparation for this weekend's games. Thanks, Sean. Like you mentioned, the Pelicans were back on the practice floor today going over the win against Orlando and also getting ready for a divisional showdown with the Mavericks on Saturday. One of the big topics discussed after Tuesday's win was the play of Omer Oshik, and point guard Drew Holiday was asked about this, plus a surprisingly poor performance at the free throw line. Free throws were that surprising. You guys are known as a pretty good shooting team and, and some really good shooters missing free throws. Was that surprising? I mean, you don't like to, obviously, we don't like to feel that. Um, I, I feel like that can be kind of deflating, but I think we did a good job of keeping going to the free throw line and keep on shooting, and I don't think that that stopped us. How do you feel about it? Did it surprise you even more I mean, I guess I wouldn't say surprise. Uh, that's what he's been doing in his career. He's been rebounding, offensive, defensive, uh, cleaning up the boards, cleaning up my misses, and uh, again, helping me out on defense when, you know I mean, sometimes I get beat or, or whatever. So, um, for me, myself personally, I love having him back there. Do you see him becoming more of an offensive threat? I mean, um, I mean, I think he does his job. Uh, I think he rebounds, he gets to the free throw line, and uh, Again, he gets putbacks. Again, yesterday, especially against somebody as, as big as Nick, uh, Nicola, I think he did a good job. Uh, Drew, I mean, I know this first game, and, I mean, but how, how did you guys carry and continue to play the way you did with the fast pace and, and really play the way you did in that second half for four quarters? I mean, how do you guys kind of carry that? Is that the, the focus going Yeah, I mean, I think it, it comes, to, uh, comes down to just heart. It comes down to, obviously, um, rotation, rotations, conditioning, and execution. Um, again, if we get stops on, on defense, that's what makes us run. Uh, obviously, when, when they score, it's a little bit more, it's a little slower, but it was fast yesterday because they're getting stopped. So. Talk about the challenge of trying to duplicate that against this Dallas team. Again, it's going to be a team. It's going to be a collective effort. Um, obviously, they have a lot of scores. Um, obviously, Shannon Parsons, uh, they have Tyson Chandler down low. They have uh, uh, Monte Ellis, and then they have Dirk. So it's kind of like, well, um, it's a team effort on defense. Um, I, obviously, there's going to be some things changed from Orlando to, to Dallas because of matchups. But at the same time, I think as a team, we'll come together and do the same thing. Oshik put up huge numbers in his Pelicans debut, 14 points, 17 rebounds, and five blocks. But the one thing you'll notice about him is he doesn't care about numbers. He cares about winning. Combined with um, Anthony Davis, and just some of the things that you thought that worked really well with both of you guys out there together. Yeah, I think it was really exciting to open the season at home. And I think we had a great home crowd and uh, 
And I actually don't think we play that good how we worked in. Uh, we made so many mistakes and uh, we just had to get practice and improve. When you look at the numbers combined, you guys combined I actually never look numbers. The important thing is just win the game. So that's what we get. Even if we didn't play, we get the win. So I'm just very really happy about that. So during the game, you're unaware of the numbers that you're putting up? I mean, you don't realize you're, you had a double-double before halftime. I usually don't think about that. <laughs> like, the most important thing, like, who cares if you make double-double and lose the game? So the most important thing is winning the game. What did you think about what did you think about the defense from, from Tyreek Evans uh, at Small Forward? I know when they were, you were brought in, they said you would help clean up a lot of the, the deficiencies on defense. How do you think he held up against a bigger, stronger guy last night? I think he played pretty good defense, and he actually helped us on rebounds too. He got many rebounds, and um, we just had to uh, play better together. On both ends, uh, I think it was pretty good. Defensively, you thought it was pretty good? Yeah. What worked well between you and Anthony defensively last night and, and just on both sides? What, what went well? What, what made it work so well for you guys? Just try to work hard and uh, try to do everything the coaches told us before the game and just play hard. That's it. So two more days of practice for the Pelicans, and then it's game number two Saturday at 6 p.m. against the Dallas Mavericks. Sean, back to you. All right, Daniel, thank you very much. We'll wrap up the Thursday edition of the Black and Blue Report and head off to Charlotte in just a moment. I'm Linda, mother of two beautiful 13-year-old twins. While my son has brown hair and blue eyes and my daughter has blonde with green eyes, they both share one identical DNA trait. I hate spinach. No one leaves the table until you finish your vegetables. Getting my kids to want to eat vegetables, that's my purpose. Blend it now. Try the new veggie blends at Smoothie King. It's the tastiest way to get your kids to love vegetables. Smoothie King. Smoothies with a purpose. Let's get the ball rolling for a thrilling time at the Sanderson Farms Championship PGA Golf Tournament, November 3rd through 9th at the Country Club of Jackson. For lots of first-class golf and fan-pleasing fun, join us for the Sanderson Farms Championship. It'll be quite a ride, unless you're chicken. For ticket information, visit www.sandersonfarmschampionship.com. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. Here's Sean Kelly. Hey, don't forget to check out all the coverage later today on NewOrleansSaints.com. John DeShazer and I will be with the Saints in Charlotte, and we'll have a complete uh, pregame report for you. Also, updates throughout the game, and then a postgame report and uh, live stuff from the locker room, too, including head coach Sean Payton and quarterback Drew Brees uh, following tonight's ballgame against the Carolina Panthers. Again, that's all right there at NewOrleansSaints.com and on your Saints mobile app. That Saints app is also great during the game uh, because it also has uh, stats, uh, videos, and a whole lot more. Uh, it's a perfect in-game companion. Hey, don't forget, while you've got your Saints app out today, if you haven't done so already, enter to win a contest, which uh, we'll see one of you win club-level seats and a number 9 jersey to an upcoming Saints game here uh, later on next month. So try that out. And uh, for those of you on the Pelican side, uh, you've got that Pelicans app. 
You can either uh, uh, download the app and then click to enter to win, but if you already have the Pelicans app, which is new and improved, uh, click the enter to win icon and you'll be eligible to win a pair of floor seats to the Chicago Bulls game at Smoothie King Center later on this evening, or this season rather. All right, so it's off to the airport for me. Uh, can't wait for tonight. This is going to be a lot of fun, I think. Saints and Panthers tonight. No Pierre Thomas. We'll see how David Hawthorne is on the defensive side of the football, and there's still a question mark surrounding Kyrie Robinson as well. The uh, Carolina Panthers, meanwhile, are pretty beat up themselves. They've got some injuries across their offensive line. They'll also be missing a key player on the defensive side of the football as well. So we'll see how it all plays out as the 3-4-1 Panthers host the 3-4 New Orleans Saints. NFL Network tonight locally in New Orleans on Channel 4. Coverage on NewOrleansSaints.com and a complete wrap-up tomorrow on the Friday edition of the Black and Blue Report. That'll do it for us. Thanks again to Jim Henderson and Mick Mixon for stopping by today. Daniel Salerson, too, for a little Pelicans practice report. And tomorrow we'll uh, have a complete look at the ball game that is to be played tonight uh, during our podcast, which will be yours after noon central on Friday. I'm Sean Kelly. So long for just a while. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report. If all goes well, we'll be back tomorrow. Tune in each weekday at 12 p.m. or at your convenience exclusively online at NewOrleansSaints.com and Pelicans.com. Follow your teams direct from the source. The Black and Blue Report.